game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30 chance. Try saddle to Bouchard. One-timer scores! Evan Bouchard with a heater. And the Oilers are up 4-3. Here's Kaprizov. Five seconds left on the right wing. Hartman will walk in. His pass to the middle. Oh, what a stop by Skinner off of Spurgeon. Here we and go. the game's over. The Oilers win it 4-3. Well, there is the game winner and the game saver tonight. Evan Bouchard, a power play goal, 92 seconds into the third period. That's the game winner. And then the game saver with a second left on the clock. Jared Spurgeon, great look in front of the net, and Skinner makes the stop. His save of the game for Crystal Glass, call 310 Glass or visit crystalglass.ca. And the Oilers beat the Wild 4 3. They captured their sixth consecutive victory. They bumped their record up to 11-12-1 on the season, and they have won the first two games of this six-game homestand. Hope you're having a great Friday night. It's 9.54. We're live in Studio 99 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Oilers out shooting the Minnesota Wild 40-20 tonight. The Oilers played a pretty good game and are able to survive some... Excellent goaltending and a, a Minnesota team that, despite being uh, outplayed, I think, in the first and third periods, uh, did refuse to go away tonight. Oh, well, they refused to go away because of their goaltending. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who we talked a lot about at the beginning of the hockey game, was excellent. This was a game that could have got away from the Wild a number of times. Uh, some of the saves were acrobatic. Some of the saves were uh, at the highlight reel type saves some of the saves actually had the Oilers players shaking their heads uh, yet the the Oilers found a way to get four past him and it shows you how good he played if he gives up four and was their best player for the Minnesota Wild uh, the Oilers played well this was a game that they certainly deserved the two points and they got it on the back of a goaltender that had to make a couple big saves at the end of the hockey game so the, you, you like the fact that the specialty teams were very good for the Oilers, and their goaltender gave them the saves they needed to. And this one, the sequence that led to the game-winning goal, Minnesota not happy about. Evander Kane with a very hard hit on Jonas Berlin, which in my mind is a hit from behind. 100%. And uh, Ryan Hartman reacts to it, and then Evan Bouchard scores on the power play. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. That that should have been a penalty. Well, I, I went back and watched the video. I'm like, yeah, he, he it, shoved them into the board. 100%. It, it's very similar to the uh, one-game suspension that Connor McDavid got for running, I believe. I can't remember who it was. He got someone from behind last year and was suspended for a game. Uh, that's what you want out of the game because guys can get seriously hurt. And we saw it. Uh, he never came back. Rodin, who's the best defenseman for the Minnesota Wild, left the game. So to me, that's a, a penalty. Uh, should have been called. Uh, the Oilers very fortunate, but the response afterwards is is the dumb part for the Minnesota Wild. The ref missed it. So what you do for the whistle, you go and talk to ref, our guys leaving the ice. Get in the ref's ear saying, you just let that go and our guy's gone. What you don't do is take a dumb penalty. And that's what Hartman did. He went in, got tangled, threw a bit of a punch at Kane and put himself in the penalty box. Now all of a sudden you lost your best defenseman and now you're shorthanded and minutes later, less than two minutes later, you're losing a hockey game. So 
Uh, should have been a call, but it was a yeah. terrible response by Hartman and put the Minnesota Wild again. And this is what I said to Bob afterwards. If this is the LA Kings, the Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche, Dallas Stars, if you want retribution, you know what? You can waste a point or two points and get the retribution right there. But if you're going to get it, get it right. But if you're the Minnesota Wild, who is just like the others, desperate for points right now, you're in a game, it's 3-3 in the third period, you can't take a stupid penalty. And what Hartman did was a stupid penalty. I'm going to look at this from a slightly different point of view as well. And I, I, I think it should have been a penalty. I, I watched the replay. He drove him into the boards. I mean, yep. sometimes you can get away with a guy, even if it looks hard if you sort of guide him in. Yep. But he hit him. Like, and, and he, in the he upper arm, came and pushed hard. back, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a penalty yep. that they say you can't hit from behind, and it was. And the thing is, nowadays, in my generation, to cause pain with a hit from behind, you had to take a run at a guy and drive him hard. But the guys now are so much bigger, stronger, and faster, and they're yeah. so much uh, stronger through their upper or their core strength that you don't need as much to hurt someone. We saw McDavid do it. It didn't look like much, but he hurt that that player, knocked him out of the game, knocked him out for a number of games. Dayer Dan got hit last year, I believe it was, into the boards. He was cut open. You don't need to hit a guy as hard now that way because the guys are so much stronger. That's why, and you and I have said it a lot, and you, you've brought it up, anytime there's a player that's hitting the numbers, that's got to be called because it's dangerous. And tonight, Minnesota Wild lost their best defenseman. I don't know for how long. He did not look comfortable leaving the ice. So, yes, that's a penalty. We would be calling for that if that happened to McDavid or Ekholm or Nurse or Bouchard. We'd be saying the 100% same thing. The ref missed it. It was the Minnesota Wild's response afterwards that created the scoring chance or the power play, and that's what lost them the hockey game. Yeah, uh, so but I, what I was going to say, I, I guess if, if from a hockey perspective, from a hockey fan perspective, I, I think that should have been a penalty. From, from an oil, Oilers perspective, the Oilers, you know, we've talked a lot about the changes to the roster over the last two or three years. I guess if that play is going to happen, you want Evander Kane being the one dishing it out and being the aggressor mm. and, and maybe suckering the other team into doing something. I mean, the early tenure of you and I working together was no pushback, no beef, no, no, no aggression. Oh, 100%. Kane, Kane's exactly that player who's going who's gonna to toe the line and sometimes the ref might, might miss it. No, 100%. It, the refs miss calls. Um, you don't take that out of Evander Kane's game, the physicality. Uh, at times, uh, very close to the line, if not crossing it. Um, that's part of his makeup. That's what you got when you, you brought him in here uh, when you signed him. Not wasn't just for the offense. He, he is a guy that puts a little fear in the opposition. They, feel, they hear footsteps. And when you see a video like this, the opposition, if next time a defenseman goes back, he's a little more tentative because he knows that Kane, a lot of players will lay up or, and they'll hold up or they will guide you. Kane's not one of those guys, so he creates a, a bit of fear. And a bit of fear sometimes leads to hesitation, and hesitation leads to mistakes. So, yeah, you don't take that out of Kane's game. Uh, you just have to uh, live with some of the penalties that he takes at times. Uh, and on this one, he got a break, and the Oilers got a huge break and a huge goal right afterwards. And at that point, uh, the Minnesota Wild are chasing. And what we've seen as of late, the Oilers, uh, when they have the lead, they are pretty deadly. That's six wins in a row, and they've done it different ways each and every night but this was an important one because this is one of the teams that the Oilers are going to be battling with I think the Wild are better than their record as well so this was an important two points that they stole from the Minnesota Wild 
So 4-3, the Oilers win it, and the power play coming through for Conlon Motorsports. They'll help get you out there. Visit one of Conlon Motorsports' four locations across Alberta or online at conlonmotorsports.ca. Power play ties it late in the second period. Power play wins it early in the third, and really a couple of the uh, classic power play goals that the Oilers were able to score. Well, you, you can't, two things can't happen if you're penalty killing. A, you can't get unlucky and break a stick. And on the first power play goal that Drysdale had, the best uh, best defensive forward, Erickson Eck, broke his stick off a f- shot by Bouchard. And now they're playing down to three and a half men. So now what that opens up is all the cross-ice passes because you don't have the forward with a stick in the lane and it goes to Drysdale. Again, Minnesota Wild played that very well, but Drysdale is one of the few players in the National Hockey League that can score from just about any angle. And... He did. He made a great shot. And the other one is the Bouchard one. On that play, the Minnesota Wild actually had done a pretty good job killing and had the puck with full control. They go to ice it and threw it right up the middle of the ice into Bouchard's hand. That created another sequence of offensive plays. And now you got a tired killing team that they just couldn't get into shooting lanes. And the one thing that we have seen over the last couple of years, there have been some warts in Evan Bouchard's game. What he doesn't have is uh, he doesn't have a problem with putting the pucks on net, and it's an absolute bomb. And Fleury, again, no chance on a Bouchard. Two fantastic shots tonight. Neither time did Marc-Andre Fleury have an opportunity to make a save. Uh, McDavid hit Mikey Anderson last year. And was suspended. Not suspended. He was suspended for the headshot on Nick Letty a few years ago. Oh, that's right, too. Against the Islanders uh, probably four years ago. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, Kings fans wanted him suspended. Yes. Last year. Yeah, Mikey Anderson was out for... He missed quite a few games after that. Again, it just shows you you don't have to uh, run a guy into the boards hurt. These guys are so big and strong now. To me, and you've said it for a long, long time, hit from behind should always be called, and that one should have been. Yeah. Oilers win at 4-3. That is six straight. The uh, shots tonight were 40-20, and Marc-Andre Fleury, just outstanding. He His first period was one of those periods... He, he, the Oilers probably could have had three goals, yep. and we still would have said Fleury was <laughs> excellent. So I'm going to go here. There's there's no wilting in the flower. <laughs> I, well, again, we talked about it before the game. He's one of my favorite players. Uh, you just cheer for him. He's just a good Canadian kid that uh, always seems to be happy and smiling, and he's uh, a very colorful type of goaltender where there's a lot a lot to him it, it's everything's loud about the way he plays the way someone something hits the post he goes and talks to the post afterwards but you're right in that first period that that should have been three nothing four nothing in favor of the Oilers they had that many good grade a scoring chances Flurry kept this Minnesota Wild in the team or excuse me Minnesota Wild in the game uh, but eventually uh, you give up that many chances that many grade a chances to the Oilers best players are gonna make you pay and if you take dumb penalties they're going to make you pay, and tonight the Oilers did. Yeah, Flurry stopped 36 out of 40. Skinner stopped 17 out of 20. Uh, he got scored on, uh, I don't think he let in a bad goal, but nope. two goals 41 seconds into the second period by Minnesota shifted how this game was going, and Skinner <laughs> was asked about save percentage and stats earlier this week, and he said, well, I don't, I don't really care. I'm, I'm trying to win games. It's mm-hmm. my job to stop the puck, and I, I, I was thinking, I, I've, I've told this story before, Kelly Rudy often talks about when he played in a high-scoring era, 5-5 five, five after two, he's thinking, I'm not worried about the five I've let in. i got to beat the other yep. guy for one period, and we win the game. And Skinner 
big save on Goudreau with 2.46 to yes, go. Yes, very good Hartman save. Hartman hits a post with a minute tw- 29 left, and then we played the highlight. Minnesota got the shot they wanted with a second left, and Skinner turned it away. Well, it, 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 okay. it, well, we'll go back well, to it after here, this. Here's Chris Knobloch. Yeah, we found a way. Um, you know, I think the first 40 minutes were pretty good. Besides that one minute in the second period, I thought we had a lot of good scoring chances, defended well, um, and then kind of were able to get the lead. Uh, we get a, a power play off of Keener's hard work and discipline, and then the power play, um, you know, come through like they've done so many times before. The sequence at the end of the game, they got multiple looks. So obviously, that's something in this situation easier to do a little bit of teaching moment when you when you ultimately got the victory and knowing that maybe you have to defend that a little bit better in the future. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, our five on six play a little bit tomorrow. Um, you know, something that we have not discussed since I've been here, and um, whether I'm here for a long time or throughout the season, whatever, you always have to return and readdress things. And I think tomorrow's a good time to do it. Um, we've had a lot of five on six play lately. So we've got a lot of video to look at and teaching clips. And we just want to sharpen that up. And especially with teams pulling their goalie so much earlier now that you might, yeah, obviously have to get ready for one, two lines, but now it's three and possibly four. Power play, I, I realize you weren't here in the place when Tyson Berry was running it, but there was a time when this power play scored from the edges and Dreisaitl and McDavid came off the other edge. Uh, we keep hearing how it's being defended differently and probably it needs more point shots to get pucks to the net. Are you seeing that and does that make you appreciate having a guy like Bouchard at the top? Every good power play, you need threats. You just, where the, wherever those threats are, net front, uh, on the flanks, at the point, um, it does help having him with his shot, uh, being able to, because obviously teams pre-scout and you, every team's no, not different. They want to take away the the dangerous areas. And when you have enough guys that are dangerous who make plays and can score goals, then you're vulnerable to something. And, you know, tonight we capitalized on Bush's um, shot. But, uh, you know, the last um, week or maybe two weeks, we've seen a lot of goals generated from his shot. Do you, what's the, what's the most valuable thing about a shot? The sheer velocity or the fact that he's pretty good at placing it as well? It has to get through. That's the um, ultimate place. Um, you know, I saw that shot was 97 miles an hour. That doesn't hurt. Um, I don't know. It's uh, definitely... Um, a skill that there's plenty of guys who can place a puck in a certain location. There's plenty of guys that have the velocity and can really hammer it like that. But um, you know, there's a few guys in the NHL can that can do both. Skinner said uh, he gave Darnell a big hug after the game for that play he made on the two-on-one there, breaking it up. Just maybe a thought on what you've seen from Nurse in some big moments here, coming up with some big plays, and overall his defending. I think he's been playing really well for the last couple of weeks. Um, definitely through this, uh, the winning streak. He's making so many key plays. And I can think about the uh, penalty kill, having a bunch of clears, um, winning battles, and then getting the puck out. And probably the highlight was that two-on-one slide and breaking up the play there. Um, but uh, Skinner should also take a lot of credit too because he came up with some pretty big plays tonight too. Um, I know two huge saves in the last... Uh, probably four or five minutes. 
Chris, were you concerned that Kane might get a penalty on Brodeen from the hit from behind, and instead you got a power play? I don't think so. He's right against the boards. Um, he hit him hard, and he went down. But um, you know, in my opinion, and obviously, I, the opposition probably has a, a different perspective on that. But I, I don't know. I didn't think so. We've seen the the wins are piling up here, and it and in talking to the players, it seems like the it's a you know the pressure's coming off a little bit here in terms of how acute it was before. What are you seeing in kind of the demeanor and temperament of your team as as you're winning these games? Uh, very businesslike. Um, I think guys feel good about themselves, but there's not any complacency. Um, they know that we have a huge hole to get out of. Um, I think there's obviously the confidence of winning, and when there's an opportunity to put a game or win a game like tonight on the power play, it was all right. Let's go get this, and they were able to execute that. So, um, yeah, I like where our guys are right now. Chris, when Fleury's playing as well as he did in the first period, you're only up one, and then one minute into the second, you're down a goal. Are you thinking, well, that doesn't look real good? We've controlled the game and we're behind. Yeah, no, it's. Um, we dominate for 21 minutes and we're down 2-1 and that's tough but you know I liked our guys we we stayed the course we didn't change our game plan uh, I didn't hear complaining I didn't hear frustration or I didn't see any frustration on the bench it was like all right let's get back to work and um, we were able to obviously recover from it where maybe three four weeks ago might be a different story this one's from Cam, um, asking about being one game away from 500, and if that you know is a can be a meaningful mark for your team. Um, definitely, I think there's some um, baselines that your team wants to hit, and um, you know when we hit that, that'll be good. But I think the ultimate goal is seeing ourselves in that playoff picture, and you know we're chasing those wildcard teams right now. I think that's the um, probably that's when we'll feel good about what we've accomplished right now. That is Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch at the mic for Eclipse Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers beat the Wild 4-3. They have won six straight. They have 23 points in 24 games. And... Just uh, update the standings. Rob, cover your ears because I know you don't like it when I talk about the standings at this time of the year. But just to give uh, the perspective, they do jump over Minnesota tonight and they have a game in hand. Uh, they are two points behind Calgary with two games in hand. They're five points behind Nashville who holds down the final playoff spot. Actually, Arizona has 28 points as well. Those are the two wildcard teams. So a lot of work to do, but clearly some moves here in the right direction. Okay, I want to ask you about something Knobloch said, but... Uh, you were touching on Skinner's performance in the third period. Well, and, and, well Knobloch talked about it, uh, the saves that he made. Um, there were times where the, the Wild didn't get a lot going offensively. So there were long stretches where Skinner was just watching the game and then watching Fleury stand on his head. But in a one-goal game, uh, you know that you can't make a, make a mistake. And the, Knobloch actually talked about it. And uh, The two saves, the one on Goudreau, that was a great play that the, the Wild made and it was from behind out in front and he's able to get his big body in the, in the way and then obviously the one at the very end Spurgeon 
uh, walked right into it. it was, it's funny how fast this game goes. The Minnesota Wild picked their, the puck up at their own blue line with four seconds to go and were able to get it all the way across and turn it into a scoring chance. Again, Skinner gets in the way, and that was a huge save. Saves the, gets them the two full points against the team as you just, they jumped over in the wild card race. Uh, so Skinner came up big when he needed. Didn't have to come up big as, as big as many times as Fleury did, but at the very biggest moment with a second to go in the game, he made a save They got them the two points. Doblock said, okay, we got to work on our five-on-six play. Yeah. Um, what, I mean, we know how defending a power play works. You usually play, well, the box or some form. I know it's sort of evolved over the years. Uh, what, what do we talk about when you're defending the other team pulling a goalie and you're, you're, you have five and they have six? Well, games? it's a lot like it's a box with a guy in the middle is what you're doing, and you're just not giving up the, the slot area. They can have the point as much as you want they can shoot from there just getting the shooting lanes but things that you don't want to give up you don't want to give up the shots the the slot shot and you don't want to give up the cross ice pass because that's one with so many players on the ice at the end that's where a goalie can lose sight of the puck if you go one side to the other they actually did a couple times and that's what he's going to want to work on is the wild had three fantastic chances in the last minute uh, one they hit the post uh, one Spurgeon walked into and actually the best chance the Wild had to, to get this game tied up uh, Kaprizov their best player their best goal scorer he had a wide open net it was a nice save by Skinner came out to him this was on their power play and he had the entire empty net and he missed and it shows you the season that the Wild and Kaprizov have had it's not gone their way but that was their chance to tie this game up. But Skinner came up with the big saves. But six on five, you the one thing that the, the Oilers didn't, sometimes when you have skilled players killing, or the, the final minute or minute right. and a half in an empty net, they still are thinking make plays. And there was one, I think it was McDavid had a chance just to ice it. And he didn't want to, and he just flipped it. The Wild caught it at the blue line, kept the puck in, and created some more chances. Uh, they'll work on it. But this is a Wild team, though, that I don't know if it was last year or the year before under Dean Epson. They scored double-digit goals, six on five. It was like every game they're pulling their goalie and scoring. I know Dean Evison was doing it with four or five minutes to go in the game. Uh, the Oilers weathered it, and the biggest thing you have when you're trying to salt away victories, you need saves. Because uh, the other team has an extra player. They're going to get the chance you need saves. Skinner made them. 4-3, the Oilers take it tonight. Brian Nugent Hopkins, four assists. Evan Bouchard had the first goal of the game, the winning goal of the game, the last goal of the game. Two goals and an assist. 15 points over a 10-game point streak. So the stat is he's the only defenseman besides Paul Coffey to have a 10-game point streak with the Oilers. He now has 27 points in 24 games this season. Uh, offensively, he, he's playing as we expected. Uh, we talked before the season that we felt he's very capable of scoring 80 points. Uh, but what he's taken out is the hiccups. The defensive hiccups were... Uh, it was affecting his offensive play because he was turning the puck over or getting caught with a misread. Um, tonight, I know that he Neckholm got confused on a two-on-two that turned into a goal for Erickson Eck. Uh, but there's fewer of those mistakes. And it was a Craig McTavish said, always have your positives be better than your negatives. And I think that's what we're seeing out of Evan Bouchard right now. The positives are heavily outweighing the negatives. So he's never going to be Victor Hedman where he's going to get the points and be the best defensive player on the ice. But he certainly has turned his defensive game around, and the offense has always been there. It is just a weapon. And Chris Doblock said, when you are on the power play, everyone has to be a threat 
He is a huge threat, one of the biggest, if not biggest, threat from the point in the National Hockey League with his shot. All right, let's go down to the Oilers dressing room. Here's Bouchard. So, which is more satisfying, the snapshot or the slap shot? When is, you look at that and go, yeah, that was the... Uh, I actually can't uh, pick one of the two. Um, they both worked out uh, in our favor, so I'll take that. What's the key to picking the spots the way you do, but still shooting it as hard as you do? Uh, I think it's more just about getting it by that first guy, uh, giving our forwards a chance at the net, because uh, that's what we've been harping on the past uh, few weeks here. Do you think, Evan, that uh, it's quite a role to be a quarterback of a power player, one of the quarterbacks? Um, you have such great talent around you. Do you feel like you're more comfortable shooting now with some time than maybe earlier on when you see McDavid on one side and Drysaddle and wanting to pass off? Uh, I think so, yeah. I think the more uh, you get to play with them, the more confident they are. Um, you know, when I just try to put them in good spots like they do to me, they put me uh, you know, in a position when they put it in uh, kind of the wheelhouse to hit it. And, uh, you know, I think they're good with it too. The, everyone keeps saying they're defending power plays differently now. They're taking away the walls, and which means they're probably going to need more shots from up top. Are you seeing a change in your role in terms of having to provide more shots? Uh, well, I think when you have a threat from uh, up top, it kind of opens up the seams for the guys. And, uh, you know, if they... Uh, give up a little too much room in the seam, they're going to make that pass. So I think it's, uh, you know, it definitely helps. You're on a pretty hot point streak right now. Do you think that game to game gives you momentum? Uh, I think it's more so like when the team's doing well, then uh, individuals do well. And I think that's uh, the case right now. Evan, you defended well, like in, in big moments, and you were able to hang on to that lead in the end. What do you think you guys are doing so well from a defensive standpoint to be able to come through in those bigger moments? I think it's, uh, you know, when we have a lead, we got to figure out a way to uh, close it out, um, especially in the third period, keeping things simple. You get over the red line, no turnovers, and uh, I think we've been doing a pretty good job at that to uh, hang on to leads. You got a point in 10 straight, Tom. You got a point in 28 straight. You think you got a shot? Honestly, I haven't even thought about that. Well, uh, you know, in a lot of these situations, we would say uh, Evan Bouchard probably doesn't even know a lot about Paul Coffey, but he's his coach now. So, <laughs> well, I guess what is it? What was it? Coffey? What's it? What's his record? What? How many games? Twenty-eight. Is it? So you you know, on the twenty-seventh game, Coffey's bench and Bouch is done. He's not playing any of that game. He's going to take him off the power play. Um, I, I think that having Paul Coffey back there certainly benefits Evan Bouchard. I know that before Coffey took the job as the assistant coach, I've been fortunate. I've known Coffey for a long, long time, played with him for three years. Every time he came to town, we would talk in, in my little booth up top, and he was always a huge fan of Evan Bouchard and the way he played. Uh, he understands what Evan Bouchard's strengths and weaknesses are, and he puts him in a position to play to his strengths. So I think all of the defensemen will benefit with Koff being behind the bench, but I think the one that will benefit the most will be Evan Bouchard because he, he, he's, he's got an offensive mind, and that's certainly what Paul Coffey had when he played. Somebody asked Matias Ekholm about Larry Murphy the other day, and Ekholm was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not, uh, <laughs> not up to speed on that. Bouchard, the first star of the game. Nugent Hopkins, the second star. McDavid, the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retailer. I, I'm going to go with Darnell Nurse. I thought he was outstanding, and I'm glad that Chris Knobloch talked about the play on the two-on-one, and I know that Stuart Skinner and his availability did too that was uh, a vander kane got caught standing still at the blue line he was backing up the defenseman and is it, i think it's matt boldy 
he turned him inside out. Now again, Evan Vanderkane's not a defenseman and Boldy took full advantage of it. So now it's a two-on-one, a clear two-on-one from the blue line. And I am a huge fan of defensemen going down on a two-on-one, on an odd man break. Uh, it just forces the player with the puck to make a decision quicker than he wants. But if you're going to go down to try to break it up, you have to time it perfectly. Yeah. And, and Darnell Nurse did. And uh, that puck gets across. Uh, I, I, Stuart Skinner, as great a night as he had, that he would have a tough time getting across to stop the puck. Uh, Nurse breaks it up. Nurse was excellent in this hockey game. And as good as Evan, or as, as good as Evan Bouchard has been in this long stretch since Coffee has took over, so was Darnell Nurse. And, and we talked at the beginning when they were D partners how it was a high event defensive pairing because there were so many odd man breaks coming uh, against them. Uh, Darnell Nurse has cleaned up his game as well, simplified his game. And the Edmonton Oilers are just playing much better defensive hockey. And at the end of the day, they've now got six straight. And what's that? Nine out of 12 yep. wins they've got in their last 12 games. So yep. that is, uh, it's the defensive game that has turned it around for the Oilers. 4-3 win over Minnesota tonight. Uh, we'll give an honorable mention. Fifth star to Matthias Janmark, who plays career game number 500. Tonight played 14-18, had three shots on goal. He, he played well. And it was it was funny. He had a, a partial break, and he got whacked pretty good. There was a slash, and he didn't score a goal. He went all the way around. The flurry covered, and he came back and went to the ref, and you could just see him. That was a slash! Just <laughs> screaming at him, and perfectly, uh, he was right. It was. It, it, it affected his shot. That was one that the referee missed uh, against Yanmark, and one that maybe certain players will get the call, but uh, third and fourth liners don't always get that call on an offensive break. But I thought Yanmark, again, another strong game. I thought the third line played well. Uh, the Oilers are playing from top to bottom, and they're getting contributions up and down the lineup and solid efforts throughout. Yanmark, Fogel, and McLeod, uh, unable to pick up a point tonight, even though they had some chance. I mean, Fogel had made a good move. Uh, McLeod had a shot from in front of the net, but they're not able to hit the score sheet. They set the line for River Tree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on at two and a half combined points by those guys. So it's under. Wes is getting the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Also in the NHL tonight, it is the Blue Jackets beating the Blues 5-2. Panthers knock off the Penguins 3-1. Scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals. Visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com Oil Kings lose 8-2 in Medicine Hat. They'll host the Tigers tomorrow at 7. Star Wars night here at Rogers Place. And seven and a half minutes left in the third. Bakersfield leading Ontario 5-3. Jack Campbell is in goal for the Condors. Uh, the AHL website has uh, Ontario currently 21 shots. It's not always exactly uh, up to the second, but Bakersfield leading Ontario 5-3. Okay, you can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You'll also hear from Stuart Skinner and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Six in a row for the Oilers. 4-3 tonight over the Wild. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Right side to McDavid in over the line. He'll cut to the middle. He'll wait. He'll wait some more. He'll jam it on net. Scores! What a play by Connor 
McDavid, and he's tied this game at two. Well, that goal by McDavid, as the Oilers go on to beat the Wild 4-3, I don't know if any other player in the NHL could score that goal. If there are any, the list would be extremely it, short. The, the di difficulty on that one was huge. It's cutting across, I mean, that's one thing. And we saw it tonight that Matt Boldy came across and, and turned and turned into a goal backdoor for and Eck. But he comes across on that, which is good, hard to do, but still a lot of players are capable. Then he goes around the goaltender. Fleury came out and most players at some point would have shot the puck. He realizes that Fleury's got the angle. There's no spot, no spot. But here's where it gets really, really difficult. Once you get to a certain spot, your momentum pulls you away from the net. And there are some incredible skaters in the National Hockey League, but momentum usually wins. And they get away, and you, you, you want to put it into the empty net, but you just you end up about five to six inches too short. Uh, Connor McDavid, who's the fastest in the National Hockey League, uh, not only had the ability to slow himself down, but able to propel himself back forward. Uh, again, you're right. I don't know if there's many, if any, that can in, can do that in the National Hockey League. And it wasn't like he just stretched and barely got it. Like, he, he had a whole stick and puck in front of the net to put it into an empty net with uh, authority because there was a defender coming from the other side trying to get a stick in the way. So... I know that uh, there's been some pretty goals by Connor McDavid this year. To me, that would have been the hardest one that he scored. And you can always tell when McDavid scores a goal that he considers pretty or special, his celebration is bigger. And that was a pretty big celebration after that one because he knew that was no easy play. And that cashed in $100 to 630 Jet Sands Anonymous from James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They give $100 every time the Oilers score. Let's go back down to the Oilers dressing room. Four assists tonight. It's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. A snapshot, a slap shot, just sort of showing how high end that thing is. Yeah, uh, elite on both both ends there. Um, Rister, I mean, pick the corner up. Uh, it's tough to pick, short side against a, obviously a elite goaltender. So, and then I mean, we know we know what he can do off the one timer and um, shoots it with that pace, but can pick a spot too. This game wasn't. I mean, you carried a lot of the play, but it wasn't without its adversity. Like the way you guys kind of counterpunched them. Yeah, I mean, I, they had obviously a quick start to the second. Um, we can do a better job of uh, weathering that right away and get our, our push right away. But teams are going to have that, and I thought we responded well um, and took the game over uh, for the later half. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be how you uh, script it up, but uh, we found a way to do it. Yeah, you defend a lot in the, in the last sort of eight minutes. They're pushing, pushing, pushing. You guys kind of held the fork. Were you happy with the way you, you know, weathered it? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, we did a good job. I think uh, Stu made some big saves when we needed him to. Um, but I thought the way that we uh, played in our D zone was just confident. Uh, we, we knew uh, they're going to come, and uh, they have some skill over there, so uh, they're going to make us uh, earn it. And I thought we were a confident team uh, in the D zone there. Just a save by Stu at the end there. Yeah, I mean, huge. Um, <clears throat> you, you need those sometimes, and I mean, he came up, uh, came up big, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's nice to eat that one up. You guys are rattling off wins here at a pretty impressive pace. How much is this doing for the general feeling of where you guys are at? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, uh, we're starting to get to. A, 
the game that we want to uh, want to see night in, night out. Um, I think the way that we started was just, I mean, it was uh, a super fast pace. Uh, we were putting pucks behind them, making them turn, and then uh, it starts to back them off a little bit, and that's kind of the way that we want to play. And we're tracking back hard, and D were standing. I mean, that's kind of the um, our mo. And uh, when we play our best, uh, we're a tough team to handle. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of fast players, and uh, when we're all connected, it's uh, it's like I said, a tough handle. Ryan, when you've got a shot to the point, does it make it more difficult for the opposing team, knowing that you, a guy could score from distance as opposed to passing it between you and Connor and yeah, I mean, of course, uh, I think uh, you're seeing that more and more in this league, uh, especially um, PKs are starting to, to morph into a little more aggressive on the half walls. So, I mean, you're going to have to score from up top. And obviously, Boucher has an elite release, so um, it can back, uh, back PKs off. That is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Yeah, four assists for Nugent Hopkins tonight and uh, the primary assist on Dreisaitl's power play goal late in the second period. It, I actually thought he missed the net at first. Well, it went in the net so fast that neither one of us knew it went in. Yeah. And there, I think there's actually a delayed reaction from the fans. Yeah. Um, but again, it, you can't defend that. Uh, it's, it's impossible because you, as a penalty-killing unit, you're trying to take away the usually the three most dangerous weapons. And you're like, okay, we don't want him to have it, him to have it, or him to have it. Okay, this guy here, okay, he's way back door. He's at an angle that he's not going to be able to score at. Yet, Drysdale just makes him that much more dangerous a power play because he's capable, and we've seen, he's capable of scoring with his feet below the goal yeah. line. Um, he got all of it. Uh, and we talked earlier between periods that his sights were off early in the season where for the first time in the career that we've seen Leon here, he had a hard time hitting the net. He's not had a hard time as of late. The puck's starting to go in the net for him. Um, the Oilers, they can beat you a number of different ways because all five guys on their power play uh, are dangerous. And it doesn't matter where they are. They've got guys that can beat you from distance. And then they're, then if you, as we heard Evan Bouchard talk about it, when he's up high and he's dangerous, that forces the defending team to move out higher to take that away. That opens up the cross-seam passes, and we've seen in the past how dangerous they are with those. 4-3, the Oilers win six in a row for Edmonton. Whenever they score five or more in a game, look for the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. It allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. Let's go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Scott standing by. Scott, you're on with Robin Reed. Go ahead. Hey, bud. How are you guys doing tonight? Very good. How are you? Yeah, uh, I'm just glad we can talk in a little bit more of a positive conversation here. But uh, uh, just calling, guys, because I uh, just wanted to ask, like, with, you know, with the coaching change and everything like that, like, I loved Woodcroft, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, we, we get the new coach. He comes in. We're on a six-game heater right now. And not to say, I, I mean, I love it. I don't know if... I wasn't sold on the new coach and what he came in with, but I'm starting to see a lot of different things out of the Oilers right now, especially on defense. I noticed tonight um, we started crowding the blue line as Minnesota was entering our end, putting four guys against the blue line with a kind of a floater, and I, I felt that was a good defensive play. I've been looking to see that because of the speed and the size that we have. I think that's a good way to slow them down coming into our own end. Um, seeing how what you guys might have saw different in the game that I wasn't seeing besides that. 
Well, Woodcroft is a good coach, and the Oilers' struggles to start the season had nothing to do with coaching. The Oilers were a good team that were playing terrible. It's that simple. Uh, we saw the last year and a half before that what Woodcroft did and how well this team played. They were the fifth best team in the National Hockey League uh, during his tenure, so they were good. Uh, there were some subtle changes, not a lot, some subtle changes. I just think the Oilers found their game. They just started playing smarter, and I think there's probably a, a bit of embarrassment that they cost their coach the job. They didn't quit on him. They just didn't play well for him. This new coach is coming in. Uh, there's always a, a, some different things that they see, some different things they throw in. But at the end of the day, this is the same other team last year that had the 18-2-1 or whatever that finished the season, that lost to the, the Stanley Cup champions, gave them the biggest push. It was just a matter of time they, they would start playing like this, and now they're just riding it out. So uh, some subtle changes by Knobloch, uh, probably some subtle changes and maybe a confidence boost or two from Coffee on the back end. But I, I think most people would have expected this kind of Oiler team when the season started. It just took them about 12 to 4 games, 14 games to get there. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we've been through a lot of coaches here. Woodcroft certainly didn't last as long as I thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully Knobloch's here a while. I've said that <laughs> about a few coaches. Um, I, I remember shortly before Tippett got fired, you know, the Oilers had that stretch where they were falling behind, not just one nothing, but often 2 nothing mm-hmm. in a lot of games. And, and, and you always say, Rob, the large majority of the time it's up to the, and you, yep. were, you were a player, so you yep. look at it from that perspective, but that's fair. You're you're the you're the worker. You 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 know when your shift starts, so to speak. So you you got to be ready to go. But I, I remember a, a, a lister called in and said, "Well, it might not be Woodcroft's fault, but it's his problem." And that's oh, one hundred percent. That's the that is the uh, the thankless part of being a coach. The, some things might be your fault, but some things aren't your fault, and you're trying to fix them. And if they don't get fixed, uh, you you pay the price even if you're maybe pushing the right buttons, but they're, they're still not connecting or, or whatever I, might be happening. I do love that, that saying. It might not be your fault, but it's certainly your problem, and it is. And it, you're the fall guy, and it's unfortunate. Um, and I, I said it before, and I'll say it again. If this is not Edmonton, if this is Tampa or Florida or Carolina or L.A., there's probably not a coaching change. But the pressure up here between media, fans, expectations is higher. And you, there's nothing that can kind of slide by. Everyone is uh, invested in this team. So when things don't go anywhere close, it wasn't like they were just a little off, nowhere close to where they expected. Uh, eventually, the, the pressure got on the, the management team to make a change, and the change is made, and Woodcroft will coach again in the National Hockey League. But right now, this is Chris Knobloch's team, and this team he's got going, it's got going very well. 4-3, the Oilers win at Evan Bouchard with the game winner on the power play a minute 32 into the third period. Marc-Andre Fleury, an outstanding night for the Wild with 36 saves. Skinner made 17 saves, including stopping Jared Spurgeon right before the horn went. We have Jamie on the Certainty Hotline. Go ahead, Jamie. Hey, guys. Uh, so, Rob, you have yep. you have evidence of Jay Woodcroft coaching with another team? Because you just said he will coach another NHL team. Oh, I have no evidence. I believe a guy that has a record of 614 winning percentage in the National Hockey League will find a job. There's guys that have losing records that find other jobs. So I do believe, yes, 100% that Jay Woodcroft will coach again in the National Hockey League. Okay. 
that's not what I called about, but to me, I'm super excited about this game. I'm super happy. I, I think you're right, Rob. This is the team we've seen last year. This is a great team. They, they, they've had a good record for, for many years, and we're just seeing a little blip. And I think, like, look at St. Louis three, four years ago. They were almost last in the league at the Christmas break. No, not, they came not, not almost the last. They were last. They were last. Christmas, so, but they were yeah. last. In January. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So let's just look at that example. And, you know, there's nothing to panic about. Like, you know, it's just a, uh, yeah, it's a blip. I think the team is a cup contender right now. I really I think do. They are too. Anyway. 100% there. They're a playoff team. I've said it. I've gone on record when they lost to San Jose. I said that this team will make the playoffs. Still firmly believe that. And any team that makes the playoffs is a cup contender. And we saw that last year. The Florida Panthers, uh, they made it on the last day of the season, went to the Stanley Cup Finals. And so if they're in the other conference, they don't make the playoffs. Been in. That's yeah. The crazy well, the Calgary thing. Flames, if they flip flop and they were in yep. the East, they had enough points to be in. So yep. just make the playoffs. And I think that the Edmontoners certainly are well on their way. It is a confident team. 4-3, the Oilers take it. You're also going to hear from the winning goaltender tonight, Stuart Skinner. We are in Studio 99 for Heartland Ford. Overtime open line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 6-30 chance. Try saddle to Bouchard. One-timer scores! Evan Bouchard with a heater, and the Oilers are up 4-3. That was a heater, Mooner. <laughs> Bouchard just driving it in from Drysdale and Nugent Hopkins early in the third period. 132 in to be exact. It's the game winner. So that sequence was uh, Kane hits Brodine from behind, behind the mm-hmm. net, doesn't get called. Hartman punches Kane. Dumb. That does get called. Yep. And the Oilers go to work on the power play. Oilers 2 for 4 on the power play tonight in Minnesota. 0 for 2. And now Minnesota did have a power play after that. And mm-hmm. the Oilers were able to kill it off. And, and that was the power play where Kaprizov had the wide open net on a, on a big rebound and was unable to hit the open net. Uh, the Oilers penalty kill, and again, has become a, a factor here with the Oilers playing as well as they are. Uh, very effective. Um, much more aggressive than we've seen in the past. Uh, getting into shooting lanes. I, I know that there's more duos that are playing to con- con- together with consistency, which allows you to play without hesitation because you're not guessing where your partner is because if you play with them over and over and over, you get to understand his, uh, his roots, um, his tendencies, and they've been very effective. So uh, things are going very well for the Edmonton Royals. And, and you talked about with Bouchard. Bouchard, to me, is... He's got a heavy shot like Sheldon Surrey, a blast from the past here in Edmonton, but with more control. I I remember watching every time Surrey wound up, and I was always fearful for Ryan Smith or Dustin Penner or whoever was standing in front of the net because it was a bomb that he would go bar down and not worry about it. Evan Bouchard is very good at missing the shin pads of the player coming out, but also putting it into a spot that... Uh, not fearful for the guy in front, but hitting, as as Knobloch talked about, he's got the velocity and the aim, which is a combination very few players have. 
Bouchard with three points tonight, so 15 points over the course of a 10-game point streak. By the way, Spurgeon, who had a hat trick here uh, a couple of years ago, I want to say, yeah. or maybe just before, I think maybe in the 2019-2020 season, he played 28-33. Oh. Well, they lose Brodeen in the and third period. So he's had to play a little more. And all, and Sp- yeah. Wonderful hockey player, Spurgeon. The heart and soul of this team. He missed a bunch of games. Didn't play the last time these two teams played against. Fun to watch. And Jared Spurgeon had the game on his hand, on his We're stick. Point with anyway. one second to go in the game, he had what everything he wanted into a slap shot. Unfortunately for the Minnesota Wild, it did not go in. As Stuart Skinner made his biggest save of the night. Yeah, just uh, some of the other stats here. Brock Faber for the Wild. Wound up playing 24-25. He's a couple of assists. He's a nice hockey player. He's a young kid. I think he's 21 still. He's going to be a very good hockey player in this league for a long, long time. For the Oilers, uh, Nurse played 24-39. Ekholm played 22-52. He was uh, an unhappy Viking and had the Wild unhappy with him a couple of times tonight. (laughs) Well, at the end of the game, there was a little bit of a dust-up, too. It was, it was a little, uh, it got a little nasty at times. I think both teams realized the importance of this hockey game. There was some emotion. Uh, the Wild loses its best defenseman, uh, hopefully not for long, but it certainly put a little more emotion into this game. And then there's just the frustration. The Wild had two or three good looks in the last minute and a bit while they pulled their goaltender and the frustration for them of not putting it in the back of the net. I understand that I've been there, and then you start getting a little silly at the end. Uh, but, you know, Ekholm, he's a big, strong man. He went down once, which was shocking for me. I mean, I, that's that's like knocking a mountain over. Uh, but, again, at the end of the night, he, he made just enough plays, as did the Oilers hockey team, to get the two points that were all important. Where are you at with Connor Brown? He's still looking for that first goal of the season. He no. did miss a chunk of games. Played 13-40 tonight, had three shots. Here, here's the thing with Connor Brown is uh, he does a lot of things good. Uh, he's a, a physical. He, he's very good defensive-minded. He's a very good worker in the offensive zone. But I can tell you this from experience. You and I have been here. Uh, if Jesse Pugliarvi had one point on the season playing with Leon Dreisaitl, we would get a 1,000 phone calls. If Cam, uh, Kyler Yamamoto would have had one point with all of the games that he's played. This was his 18th game. His 18th game, he's got one assist on the season, yep. and he's played the majority of them, probably 15 of those playing with Leon Dreisaitl. Now, again, there's a little more leeway or rope because he missed an entire season, but... Uh, you're playing with the second best player in the world and Evander Kane who's a a 40 goal in the National Hockey League type of player Um, there needs to be more production now hopefully that will come with more games Um, but to me if going forward eventually they're going to get Dylan Holloway back if you can put Dylan Holloway in a, a position where he plays in the top six and now Connor Brown can move into a role where he is now playing against the other team's best players as a defensive role, I think that might become a much more effective way to use him because right now the offensive side of his game has not been here and that's not just sitting up there watching the stats prove it. The Bakersfield Condors win 6-4 over the Ontario Reign. Jack Campbell is the winning goaltender with 20 saves on 24 shots. Uh, Philip Broberg played the game. I uh, don't have his ice time but three shots on goal and he is plus two. Cameron Wright with two goals for the uh, Condors in that game. Oh, Drake Kajula had a goal and two assists. Oh, good for Drake. Uh, 
he's a guy that in a pinch come up and play some hockey for the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully the Oilers stay healthy enough that you don't need to do that. Uh, good for Broberg. I hope he gets out. But at the end of the night, he's getting 25, 27 minutes, whatever it takes. As for Jack Campbell, obviously four goals is a lot, but we have no idea how those goals went in, so it's hard to say. I, I do believe, for me, if I'm if I'm running this team, Jack Campbell's next game in the NHL will be on the road. There will be less pressure, less stress, and give him an opportunity because, as we can see, Calvin Pickard has not getting a lot of ice time, right. and the Edmonton Oilers cannot run Stuart Skinner through uh, game after game after game. We saw last year in the playoffs that he began to tire, and the Edmonton Oilers want to make sure that when they make the playoffs that Stuart Skinner is as fresh as he can be. You will hear from Skinner when we get back. Oilers beat the Wild 4-3. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Johansson can't get a shot away now on the left side. To go in behind the net for the right. The shot and the save made by Skinner as he squeezed up against the post on the Goudreau offering. Yeah, that was with 246 left in the third period. The Oilers beat the Wild 4-3, the winning goaltender in all six games in this winning streak, Stuart Skinner. And maybe just take us through the sequence at the end there, like games winding down and you still still had a bit of work left there. Yeah, uh, you got to finish out the game full 60 minutes. Um, I think we battled kind of the whole way through. Um, and yeah, it was a good finish. Uh, obviously a big two points. You probably face more Evan Bouchard shots than anybody in practice. Uh, yeah. What can you tell us about it that we can't see from upstairs? <clears throat> Super easy to stop. Um, <laughs> not hard at all. Uh, he's a he's a great player. He's got he you know Bouch bomb it. He does have a bomb. It's uh, it's pretty incredible how hard he can shoot it. Um, uh, so yeah, I've obviously been able to face that a lot, and it actually prepares me for um, a lot of games, especially when I'm getting one tees off the right side, maybe from Ovechkin uh, per se. It's nice to get those shots from him just to kind of get it going. So I think he's got potentially the hardest shot in the NHL. Is it the release or the hard? I think the heaviness of it for sure uh, is a big part of it. I think he does pick his spots. Um, you would see a lot of NHL players being able to pick their spots, but yeah, he's, he's just got a cannon. Um, and obviously it's dangerous on the power play. Is he unloaded on you at practice? Like, do you think you get the full deal often? Pretty often, yeah. I would say uh, 99% of the time. <laughs> he likes it. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, he'll get one every, you know, 30 practices, but that's about it. You guys are rattling off wins here at a, at a pretty impressive pace and making up some, some grounds too. How much better is that for just the way you guys are feeling day to day? Yeah, it makes a huge difference just being around the rink. Um, I think, it, you know, being able to stay with this, uh, keep on playing the way we're playing, I think is going to be key. Um, being able to battle out a win, kind of like how we did tonight, it was pretty greasy, even though we played an incredible game the whole way. I think uh, you know it shows a lot of grit for our team, and we just got to stick to it. So we were chatting with you earlier in the week about numbers, you know, save percentages, things of that nature. Is this a game where it doesn't really matter? That it's this, this the timeliness of the saves that, that matter more than anything else? I would say every game. Yeah. Um, that, that numbers are numbers. They're gonna say whatever uh, they're gonna say. Uh, the most important thing is the win, and that's that'll be every night. 
Stuart, uh, just at the end there, if we see what you're kind of doing physically when, when there's all that pressure, but what's kind of going through your mind or what are the most important things that you are to focus on to, to make sure you make that late save and that the team does get the win? Yeah, I think trying to stay as much in the moment as you possibly can. Um, obviously, uh, you don't want to be thinking about the time. You don't want to think, be thinking about, you know, how much time, uh, you know, I think Zuccarella had at the, at the end there. And, um he made a really nice play, and uh, I thought he was going to shoot it all the way. Um, but, yeah, he made a nice play. But you just got to do your best to stay in the moment, stay focused on my job, which is stopping the puck. And if that, uh, if I have to do that in the last 0.7 seconds, I'll, I'm going to do my best to do that. So The old guy at the other end was pretty good today. He was incredible. Um, yeah, he made some uh, really, really good saves, timely saves. Um, played the puck really well. It was, uh, it was fun to watch him. Um, there's a couple times where he got me uh, saying, oh, that was a pretty nice save in my <laughs> end. So, you know, he, he did a great job. Still cool for you. I mean, you've been a little bit now, but still cool for you to play against a guy that I'm sure you've been watching for years. Yeah, it's it'll it'll forever be cool to me to, to play every every team that I get the chance to play against. It's, uh, it's a pretty uh, remarkable thing that... Um, you know, we all get to play in the National Hockey League. It's it's everyone's dream uh, ever since we were little kids. So being able to watch Flurry, being able to play against them, just like every other goalie I'll be facing, it's uh, I'm very, uh, very grateful that I'm in the position to do that. Stuart Skinner, the winning goaltender tonight as the Oilers have taken six in a row. The final tonight, 4-3 over the Minnesota Wild. Thanks to Brendan Escott for getting all the interviews from the Oilers dressing room. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy, and to our game day engineer, Troy Bowler. Our next game broadcast presented by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. Sunday afternoon, 12.30 face-off show, game at two. Oilers take on the New Jersey Devils. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.